My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. We hope you enjoy this message. Would you with one voice, all together, would you bless the name of the Lord? Would you bless the name of the Lord? Would you lift up your voice? Would you give him praise and glory and honor? That just sounded so good, we ought to do it again. I said you ought to do it again. We're back in church. Limited crowd, social distancing, but we're praising the Lord and we're here to give Him glory. We're here to bless His name. Woo! He's been good to me. He's been good to you. Well, happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers, to those who are present. We bless you in the wonderful name of Jesus. Those who have gone on to be with Jesus and their memory is cherished. We bless the legacy that they have left us and the impact that they've left in our lives. And those whose memory you might want to forget because you had a less favorable experience. There are people like that in our world today with the dysfunctional society that we have. But here you are, you stand strong, you've overcome the wounds of the past, and now God has blessed you, and you are to be honored, and I want you to know that we love and appreciate you. And to my beautiful and precious wife on this Mother's Day, I wish you a happy Mother's Day. You are loved and valued, and you're loved more than you can fathom. You are chosen, and thank you for being a friend to me. You're never alone when you feel lonely because God has made you strong. He's given you the ability to make the ordinary beautiful, and that's a true gift. You have great style. (laughs) And you are a fighter, (laughs) and you never give up. But I admire your tenacity and courage. You're a great wife to me. I admire your never-ending selfless love for your children and your grandchildren. Take heart when you are discouraged and remember our God will defend you. You're important to God's plan and I love you and I need you in my life. Let's give our first lady a wonderful honor and applause today. I'm delighted that your mother is with you and and now you are able to bless her and I think that that is wonderful. And to my two beautiful daughters, Lisa and Dana, you are wonderful mothers. You have blessed your husbands and created wonderful families because you have had such a excellent role model. And I bless you today and it's good to see you in the house to help your mother celebrate 
Mother's Day. Is anybody glad that you're in the house this morning? Now, here's what I want us to do in the Holy Ghost right now. I want us to step into the tabernacle because we need to go to the brazen altar and we need to place ourselves as a sacrifice upon that altar and we need to repent. And that's what I feel before I preach this message this morning that everybody here needs to visit that altar right now and everybody needs to repent and say, God, I want to lay myself upon that altar and become a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you. Now, I don't want you just to give me the usual Pentecostal get-through-it prayer so I can go and eat fried chicken. I want you to cry out to the Lord, and I want you to seek him, and I want you to lift your voice right now, and I want you to say, Father, I repent before you in dust and in ashes. And I ask that you would forgive your people as we place our lives upon the altar of sacrifice to give ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you, which is our reasonable service. And we ask, O oh Lord, this is a reasonable request that we should be so invited by the Lord to be given permission to come before you today and to place ourselves upon the altar, Lord. Take out of us anything that you don't want. Lord, make us aware of the things that we need to change in our life so that we can bless you, so that we can praise you. Get everything out of our heart and cleanse us, oh Lord, so you can occupy that space with your presence, with your priority, with your kingdom purpose, with your desire and what pleases you, Lord. I want my life to please you. I want my heart to please you. I want my thoughts to be acceptable in your sight. I ask, oh God, in the name of Jesus, come on church, I want you to lift up your voice. I want you to allow God access to your life right now. Don't, don't hold back, don't keep back. Give it all to him today. I believe that God is hearing us. I believe that there is a God in the heavens and he has heard our cry today. I come before your labor to be washed by the water of the word that I might be free of all guiltiness, of all bitterness, of all pain and hurt. In Jesus' name. Now I want you to clap your hands and celebrate it knowing that God has heard you. I said God has heard your prayer. Hallelujah. God has heard your prayer. He has received your prayer. Don't think God turned a deaf ear to your praying today. Brother Strobel preached a masterpiece this morning and declared the word of the Lord. And he was talking about David speaking to Goliath and he was speaking prophetically. He didn't mean to. He was just declaring the will of God to him that I'm, God will take your head off right now. And we, I, we, God will deliver him into my hand. And it was just a powerful word. I needed that word from the Lord. But I felt in the spirit 
that I wanted to kind of tag into that here this morning because he preached on he will, God will, God will bless you, God will help you, God will give you victory, God will defeat your enemy, God will do that. The normal prophetic order is for God to give you permission to speak to the enemy and declare what God is going to do. But Ezekiel, in Ezekiel chapter 36, and I want you to turn there very quickly because God decides to change the prophetic order. He decides to do something strange. He always had Ezekiel speaking and prophesying to strange stuff, weird stuff. And, and yet here in the text, he is speaking a prophecy unto the mountains. He said, also thou son of man prophesy unto the mountains of Israel and say ye mountains of Israel hear the word of the Lord. And if you go on down you'll find out in verse 9 he said behold I am for you I will turn unto you and you shall be tilled and sown. And then in verse 11 he said I will multiply upon you man and beast and they shall increase and bring fruit. And I will settle you after your old estates and will do better unto you than at your beginnings. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. Now, here's the text and here's what I want to set in your mind. And what Ezekiel did, I want to share with you here this, this morning. God has already decided what he wants to do. He's already designed the blessing he wants to give you. And this is, this is the word that God wants you to hear and receive, and he wants you to start speaking it. The best is yet to come. God has decided he's going to be better to you than at your beginnings. Now, I know some of you can't you can't fathom that. You can't imagine that because maybe you had a rough beginning. Maybe you had a very good beginning and you think that there's nothing, there's no way God can do better than what he's done before. But I've come to tell you that God knows how to outdo anything he has done before. He has not done his greatest work yet. We have not seen our greatest revival yet. And somebody needs to learn how to change the order. God said, Ezekiel, I know the enemy's talking smack and I know he's saying that he possesses all of this land and he's going to do this and he's going to do that and he's going to do all of this other stuff. And, but I don't want you prophesying to the enemy. Most of the time you prophesy to the enemy. But on this occasion, he said, I want you to prophesy to the mountains because th those mountains don't belong to the enemy. They're trying to claim possession, but I want you to know who... These mountains belong to me. And if you're in a tussle with an enemy, I'm going to show you a strategy that I've used for years and it has worked every time that I do it and it drives your enemies absolutely insane. And it's a very good strategy because I don't want, I don't want anyone to think that I'm going to take possession of anything that God has. 
but I'm going to give possession of everything that I have and I'm going to make him the owner of it because he's the one who is the possessor of heaven and of earth. He's not only the creator, he is the possessor. Woo! And that drives enemies. The devil goes nuts when he finds out, I don't belong to you, devil. I belong to him. And when I give myself to him, I just want to know, is anybody going to preach it with me? Y'all been in front of Netflix too much during this pandemic, and it's time for you to wake the ever-loving up, and let's come alive in this house. And this ain't your binging deal. This is Holy Ghost and fire. Woo! Somebody needs to say, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And you can prophesy it into existence in this house if you'll get the order right. Now, it's all right to speak to the enemy because that's normally the way God says to do it. But now we've spoken to the enemy. Now I'm turning to my potential. And I'm not going to get devil fixated. I'm going to get promise fixated. And I'm going to speak to my promise in Jesus' name. The best is yet to come. God bless you. I'm going to let you be seated. I got to stand while you're seated. So I thought you'd need to know a little bit about my pain up here. These words were spoken to the mountains and the valleys and the rivers of Judah, a word of restoration based on God's character, the fire of his jealousy. He declared that in the text. He said, the fire of my jealousy, I want you to speak it to those mountains because I am like a mother who has got a nature of protection that whenever my baby is threatened, I am going to move into action. It, there have been stories of mothers who moved into action to protect their children that were actually, they became stronger than 10 men in their effort to do some mighty deed because their nature was provoked. The fire of their spiritual jealousy was provoked. And God said, based on the fire of my jealousy, I'm going to take possession of these mountains. And when my presence comes upon them, I'm going to speak abundance and multiplication. And there's going to be men on these mountains and there's going to be victory on these mountains. God's already fulfilled this initially in history whenever he restored Jerusalem and he restored Israel in our day in the 20th century when he brought them back. He said, they're going to settle in their old places and I'm going to bring them back and I'm going to give them this land and I'm going to restore them as a nation. And I don't believe we do any violence to the text, church, when we claim that what God has promised Israel, he has also promised every believer in this house. And I have permission by God to come before his mercy seat and plead to trust God that he will do his will in our lives. I'm gonna, I just want to declare this to you. God is true to his word. I'm going to say that again. God is true to his word. 
I'm going to say it one more time because I want hell to know it and I want the mountains to hear it because if God takes ownership of it, he's never going to let it go down and he certainly isn't going to let any enemy come in and mess it up. If God takes ownership of this service, then anything is possible. Anything is possible. I have come to speak a spirit of restoration on First Pentecostal Church, the United States of America and the world. Our missionaries have been shut down. They've been shut down by quarantine all over the world. But I'm telling you that God's fixing to activate them again with a new apostolic authority and power. I lost a very dear friend to the COVID-19 virus. Brother Eli Hernandez, a powerful apostolic preacher, was taken out by this terrible virus. But I've come to tell you that that is not going to stop the anointing and what he stood for and what he believed in. Because I know that if he were in this pulpit right now preaching to you, he would say the best is yet to come. He would declare it. And on the hills of glory, he's rooting us on. He's a part of that great cloud of witnesses that says I made it through. This virus might have taken me out, but it can't take the gospel out. It can't take this apostolic power out. It can't take this message out. And I want to know, does anybody here going to prophesy to the mountains and say we still have potential. And so I hope y'all don't mind that I'm, I'm going to speak not just to the situations that we're faced with right now, but also to the kingdom purpose of what God wants to accomplish with everyone that he has in his kingdom. I want God to fulfill his word. I'm going to settle you after your old estates. I will do better unto you than at your beginnings. And you shall know that I am the Lord. I believe that all the blessings of the covenant that God gave to Israel, they belong to every believer in Jesus Christ. If you've got the strength to stand up and prophesy it. If you've got the strength to stand up and speak to it, then God has every one of those promises are yours. The hope of restoration has always been a theme of the scripture. Yet of them it is said, rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. For when I fall, I shall arise. Peter, at a look from his master, wept bitterly, but he lived on to say, Thou knowest that I love thee. And the Bible says in Job, there is hope of a tree if it be cut down, that it will sprout again, for there is life in it. And where there is life, there is hope. Mordecai being of the royal seed, the enemy will not prevail against him because he knows who he is and he knows where to turn in the time of difficulty. And the Lord still owns my life. If I give him possession of everything, then it's up to him to decide whether he's going to defend it or not. It's up to him to decide whether or not he's going to allow the enemy access it's up to him to decide if he's got ownership, then I give everything to him. And the Lord said, I'll speak a word of restoration. I'll speak a word of abundance. I'll multiply you according to my, my blessing and my word. There may come dark times of doubt and fear, but the redeemed of the Lord shall come again with mourning and repenting. And the Bible says God will restore them. So I want to just ask you about our beginnings. What's so good about the beginning? He said he's going to be better than at the beginning. So let me just go back to the beginning. 
and let me, let me just tell you about the beginning and just see if this is your testimony. First of all, at my beginning, I had the joy of forgiveness when I repented of my sins and I was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sin stained my life and yet now I'm washed, I'm blood bought. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. I've got the blood of Jesus applied. I have the bonds of iniquity have been broken. My heart is dancing at the very sound of his name and I can shout from the rooftops, I am forgiven, I am forgiven. And that happened at the beginning. You don't have to qualify to get it. You just have to do what the Bible says and it's done. I said it's done. As he declared on the cross, it is finished. How many of you are thankful that when you repented earlier, God forgave you? I just want to show you how strong. You don't have to stay there for 18 years to get and do penance. When you ask God to forgive you, you are forgiven. If you're washed in the blood of the lamb, the blood still works. And the name is still applied. And I still belong to him. That's my beginning. I've got a covenant of grace. I've tasted and I've seen that the Lord is good. I've feasted on his word. I have access to his healing. I have access to his protection. I have access to his provision. I have access to his continual presence and his faithfulness to his word. Isn't that magnificent? That's awesome. And those, that covenant of grace is for every one of you right now. If somebody would just stand up and say, I speak to it. I declare it. I've got a covenant of grace. That's it, Sharon. Go ahead. Go ahead, Terry. Just stand up. Go ahead, Anthony. Just stand up, Chris. I claim the covenant of grace. You don't have anything to do with that. It's whether or not I can stand up in the face of what the enemy is saying and say, I don't belong to you. You didn't die for me, but Jesus did. And that's at the beginning. Woo! That doesn't happen after you've been in church for 50 years. That happens when you get in the church. That happens at the beginning. I hope y'all don't mind if I just go ahead and preach for a little bit because I feel something in the Holy Ghost that this is so precious to me. How many of you remember when you first started serving the Lord, how precious Jesus was to you? Everything about him, even his people you loved. You thought everybody in this church was perfect until you stayed for about three days and you realized ain't now everybody perfect. But we don't have to be perfect in order to be blessed. And we don't have to be perfect in order to be used. And we don't have to be perfect in order to receive what I'm preaching about. If somebody would just stand up and say, I'm going to, the best is still yet to come. I might have started good, but this is going to get better and better. How many of you can sing, oh, happy day when Jesus washed my sins away. You love the word. You love preaching. You've never heard anything like it. 
It was like water. It was like refreshing. You just enjoyed the word and you would respond to it when you first got in the church. And I don't know what's happened to you now, but when you first got in the church, you would respond to it. You would smile. You, everything was a new revelation. My God, I've never heard anything like that before. You really haven't because you haven't been here. Hallelujah. But yet now you come in here and says, it's just like life giving water. And God said, I'm going to be better to you than at your beginnings. You had such a delight in things. You even delighted in worship. You clapped your hands. You worshiped the Lord. You smiled in church. You were excited to be here. You shook everybody's hand. You didn't have any feelings toward anyone. You didn't have any church hurt or church wounds to get over. You just shook hands and, whoo, it's so good to be here. Oh, happy day. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I wish somebody would get that happy about it. I wish somebody would get that happy. That's how you start. That's how I started. I started in a fire. I started in a blaze of glory. I started and I got on the front row and I've never left it. And I said, I want to praise him. I want to worship him. I loved it. I enjoyed it. Amen. That's the reason why you need to turn away from, your, from, from the enemy for just a moment. This, this is just a deviation from the normal order of prophetic declaration. Normally, I would say, get up in that devil's face and say, leave me alone. And that's fine. But this is a different order. I want you to turn away. I know the enemy's flopping his chops. I get that. But I don't want you talking to the enemy because he'll talk you out of it. I want you to turn to those mountains. Well, they're mountains, God. What am I going to do? Prophesy to them to skip, start jumping around, start running around? No, I want you to speak to the treasure that's in the mountains because there's grapes that's going to come from those mountains. There's blessing, my, 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 that's going to feed my people Israel. And I want you to know right here in this church, there are treasures and potential you have never tapped. You have never even delved the depths of what God can do for you. I wish somebody would go ahead and declare it. I wish somebody would say the best is yet to come. It ain't, it ain't over with yet, honey. Pandemic ain't got it yet. Woo, I've got a Jesus. That's better to me than anything. And I'm just my theme song for the messages. Oh, happy name. When he is one. I said, when he, I wish somebody get on the, when Jesus washed, don't. Praise God. When Jesus washed, that's what it was like at the beginning. At the beginning, we had repeated victories. We'd walk up to the walls of Jericho. We'd get pastor to pray. And all of a sudden, the walls fell down and the enemy went running scared. How many of you remember those victory? As Israel went from victory to victory, slew king after king. In those early days, God said, that's how you started. How many of you remember when your conscience and you were, and you were in a service and the preacher preached something and you know you was doing it? and you felt pricked in your conscience, now you're offended. But at the beginning, you say, oh man, I didn't know that was a sin. I didn't know that was wrong. I didn't know you couldn't play around. I didn't know you couldn't do all that stuff. Uh, but now, when the preacher preached, uh, they, they say, oh, I feel a touch of God. That two-edged sm sword smote your heart, and you realize, I need to repent. 
Boy, it got quiet all of a sudden. What did I say? Was it something I said about you being offended about the preacher preaching against your sin? Were you offended that I asked you to repent when you think you're super righteous? Oh, is that? Oh, that's what it was. Okay, let's go back to the beginning. I, I already messed you up from the very beginning because you're so full of spiritual pride, you Pharisee. You stand in the house of the Lord and say, I don't need anything. And you smite your breast and you say, I am this and I am that. No, I'm nothing. I'm nothing before God. He owns it all. That's what this prophecy does. I don't own anything, but he owns it all. But by grace, he invites me to the table and says, I've got a place for you in the kingdom. How many of you remember when you experienced great delight in prayer? Prayer meetings were on fire. I remember we prayed all night. Sometimes we'd start a prayer meeting and we wouldn't get done to one and two o'clock in the morning. And we would just lay out on the floor praying and crying and carrying on. And now you can't get people to pray for 15 seconds without being offended. My goodness. But I'm going to tell you, boy, it sure is quiet. I didn't mean to jump all over y'all. I'm just preaching. I mean, I'm not trying to mess with you. I'm just preaching. But how many of you remember the prayer meetings meant something to you? You lived a life of fruitfulness. You were like the mountains of Judea that dropped with wine and ran with milk through an abundance in the soil that you had so much produce. You believed God could do anything. I remember when I believed God could do anything. That's what was at at the beginning. Hmm. God can do anything. I believe we could do anything. I would stand up and testify. The church is going to have revival. Woo, I believe God could do anything. I believe the church could do anything. I had that abounding love. I loved everybody. I said I loved everybody, even the mean ones, but I didn't know they was mean. That's why I loved them. I didn't know how mean they could get, but I still loved them anyway. That's all at my beginning. Now, let me ask you this. How can God make that better? He said, I'll be better to you. Oh, now, than at your beginnings. If I can get you to prophesy. Now, I can't get you there if you're only speaking to your problems and you're fixated on the problem. Okay, I can get you there if I can get you to step out of the normal prophetic order and get into that holy dimension where God says, I want you to prophesy to the mountains. And I want you to say, I am for you. And it's the fire of my jealousy, meaning, and that's just a poetic way of saying, it belongs to me. Get your hands off of it, devil. That's the way, that's just a poetic way of saying the fire of your, of his jealousy is his character claiming ownership of what's rightfully his. He created it. He can give it to anybody who wants to. If he wants Greg to be anointed, he's going to anoint him. If he wants Ron to be anointed, I'll argue with him, but he's going to do it anyway. (laughs) I'm sorry, Ron, you're just sitting in the wrong place at the wrong time. But I'm going to tell you something. This is what I found out. My faith is stronger than it's ever been. Now, it don't make any difference who criticizes me. Back then, criticism would take me out. Somebody didn't like what I did, it would hurt me. Now, it bounces off of me like bullets off a Superman. Because I got a faith that's rooted in grace 
and grounded in love and I've tasted and I've handled and I've seen and I still believe. I've seen people come and I've seen people go. I've seen preachers fall and I've seen preachers die. But I'm going to tell you one thing. I still believe God is on the throne. And yes, I've come to testify. It's better now than it's ever been. And our best is yet to come. Well, so-and-so said something about me. You ought to shout on that testimony right there because I've made it through. I've come through the criticism. I've come through the skeptics. I've come through this. I've come through that. And I've made it to the other side. And the best is yet to come. God's people advance and he gives us greater knowledge. My love for Jesus is more constant. Now, Instead of basing everything on feelings, I base everything on the word. See, because the word doesn't change, my feelings change. You can get a feel for things, and the feelings can change real quick on you. And then, and then all of a sudden, you're responding to the feeling. Well, I don't feel it in the Holy Ghost, and I don't feel this, and I don't feel that. Well, what does the Bible say? Because when I get into that type of a confused state, I can't center on what God wants me to center on. And I got to base my understanding on the truth of the word. I need the word in my life. And so I'm going to base my, my prophetic word on his word and I'm to declare it. And my principle becomes my passion, not just a I know we're having to do the rule of five, but actually we got to change it in social distancing to the rule of six. So uh, I missed it by one foot. Praise God. I almost had, the I almost had six, uh, but I just had five. But anyway, we got the rule of six now, okay? All right, just a little social distancing. But now my principle is not just going through the motions. Now the principle is the desire of my heart. It's my passion. My heart's ablaze with the fire of God's presence. Prayer becomes even more mighty because now I'm not praying for what I want. I'm praying for what God wants for his kingdom. Now, see, now I love it when I pray and God answers my prayer. I really do. But I really love it. I mean, there is nothing like it when you come to me and say, I have this need and I want you to pray about it. Then I join with you and then you come back seven days later and say, you know what we prayed about? I said, no, remind me. <laughs> I don't remember a thing about it, but praise God. They say, God answered my prayer. God answered our prayer. That is worth more to me than me getting my own answer. Because now I'm doing what God wants me to do. And I'm joining in, oh, it's going to be better. I said, it's going to get better. And your dad can come to church. And your dad can be saved. She's been praying for her dad. And I said, I'm going to come into agreement. He's never even wanted to be in church. Never had any desire to serve the Lord. She's been praying about it. And just got word from him last week that he says, I'm off this and I'm off that. And I'm going, I'm going to start praying. I know Jesus died on the the cross. That's not everything we want, but at least it's a pretty good start, Goldie. Woo! I wish somebody would say, I'm going to join with someone. We're going to pray this thing into existence, uh, and we're gonna, it's going to get better. Woo! 
and the best is yet to come. And I prophesy to the potential. I'm looking at people that are more powerful than any devil that's ever belched out of hell. I'm looking at people that have the authority and the power in the name of Jesus to tell Goliath that he needs to die. And he needs, I'm going to take your head up off your shoulders. Devil, I feel it in the Holy Ghost. He will. I said he will. I'm looking at that kind of people. Don't tell me you're not that. There's no way, Brother Kenzie. I don't feel that way. There's no way I can do it. You know, I just don't feel so good. I feel all messed up. Sure you do. We've been through all kinds of crazy. Ain't no telling how you feel. Bless your heart. And I mean that sincerely. I'm not saying that facetiously. I mean that sincerely. I, I know that your feelings are probably messed up, but I'm going to come, come to declare to you, I don't care how you feel. Are you baptized in Jesus' name? Ron, you got the Holy Ghost? Sometimes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Praise God. <laughs> not all the time. All right. I get it. Praise God. I, I, just want, I just want you to know. Huh? Come on, every last one of you in this house, every one of you, if you're baptized in Jesus' name and have the Holy Ghost, you have authority. Don't mealy mouth yourself around here. No, you can't do anything about your circumstance, but you don't belong to the circumstance and you don't belong to the enemy and you don't belong to the world. You belong to Jesus. I didn't say one of you. I said all of you. I didn't say the elite. I said every lasting, ever loving one of you belong to Jesus. Well, what do you want me to do? Stand up and declare it. Stand up and say it. Stand up and prophesy to the mountain. You belong to God. Woo. You belong to God. I wished I had all day. I, oh, I don't, we don't come back tonight. Okay, no, y'all can stand. Because I have a whole nother section of how to secure this destiny. How do you get, activate this? Because I've, I've proven it in my own personal life. Whenever you say, okay, God, it's yours. Whatever you want to do with it, it's in your hands. It doesn't matter. You hear what the enemy say. When you speak the character of God, the fire of his jealousy to the mountain, not to the enemy. The enemy's still flopping his chops. That's the Bible is in Ezekiel 36. He's running his mouth. He never shuts up. Now, I'm not saying people that talk all the time are, are anywhere compared to the enemy, but... I'm just simply saying he talks all the time. So please don't misunderstand that. But anyway, hmm, the devil's always running his mouth. And guess what? I'm going to be running mine. But you got to do it the right way to secure this destiny. And there's a certain pattern that I use that gives God ownership of my life that makes God the master of all things, and to yield to him and submit to him. And I just yield it all to him. So that's very powerful. 
but I don't have time to go through it right now, and I know you want to know what it is. At least three of you do. But I will sometime share with you how it's done. Because I've watched God do this. I have watched him do this. With my own two eyes. With everybody doing whatever they want to do. And I've seen the master of the universe. The possessor. See, that's what Melchizedek declared. He is the possessor of heaven and earth. He's not just the creator. And there's a different level when you go from creator to possessor. And that's what this text in Ezekiel 36 is. It's putting the possession of the land in the right hands. Because it don't belong to Israel. And it don't belong to the Arabs. And it don't belong to the Palestinians. It belongs to God. <laughs> now get on CNN and say that. And see whether or not it, the enemy won't go absolutely, totally insane. If you make it out of the studio before you get killed, if you make it out of the studio, they will go absolutely insane on you. But that's exactly what God told Ezekiel to do. And that's what I'm asking you to do right now. Now, here's what I want you to, to see. I need to get you declaring. You need to speak it with your mouth. So I want you to lift your right hand right now if you can and it doesn't hurt. And say, I declare, I, declare. I, belong I belong to Jesus. The enemy has no control. Has no control. And God's purpose in my life shall be fulfilled. Amen. Declare it. Amen. Declare it. Now you did it at church and that's a good place to start. Woo! I declare it. And say, I declare the first Pentecostal church to be increased with multiplication. And men shall be upon the mountains. That soul's being saved if you didn't know. I declare it. I declare abundance for Pensacola. I declare deliverance from the virus. I speak healing into people's life. I speak deliverance into people's heart. I speak revival into this whole area. I speak revival into this place right now. I speak healing into your body. I speak the Holy Ghost and fire. Glory to God. My, 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 my. Oh, happy day. And yet, as great as the beginning was, I found out that God's going to be better than he, than at my beginning. Because my declaration becomes more advanced. It becomes more powerful. Because I've been through stuff now. You ain't never been through nothing. You can't, your testimony doesn't have as much gravity. But when you've been through it, your pain, your hurt, 
and you still declare, and God is still God. It's very powerful. Now, if you're in this building and you need special prayer, if you need healing for your body or you want the Holy Ghost or renewing, I want you to come and step up here to the front right now. If you're comfortable with that, you don't have to come if you're not comfortable. I just want you to know that we're ready to pray for you right now for healing. If you need healing in your physical body, if you need healing, I want you to come and stand in the front if you need the Holy Ghost. I want you to come and stand in the front and we're gonna believe God. This precious sister's had a test run and a biopsy and they're concerned about cancer, but we're gonna rebuke that cancer out of her body in the name of Jesus and we're gonna take and declare healing for her. So we're gonna believe God for that. Anyone else here that needs healing for your physical body, I want you to come and stand in the front. Do you need the Holy Ghost? Do you need a touch from God? Do you need a miracle? And do you want God to minister that grace to you right now? Because you can declare it. Now God may choose in some cases not to heal, but I'm still gonna declare it. Because God is the healer. And if I'm not healed here, be, I'll be healed over there. Amen. And it doesn't matter whether God heals me at B or he heals me at A. I'm going to be healed one way or the other. And so God is ready to do that in your life. So I want you to step out all over this building from the balcony all the way around this building. I want you to step out. I want you to claim the victory of the Lord Jesus. I want you to receive what God has for you and God's going to touch you and he's going to minister his grace to you in this service. Y'all come on and get ready to sing and we're going to sing and worship the Lord because I feel that healing touch. I feel that delivering power. The name of Jesus is here and God can literally be better to you than at your beginnings. God can be better. Mountains have to move. Every chain is loose. God can heal you right now. God can declare. And we can stand on his word. I'm not standing on the emotion of the moment. I'm standing on what he did at Calvary at the cross. There's power in the cross. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.